Just okay. Because I'm, I'm scared of everything. Everyone hit record. Yeah. Um, Let's go. We did it. Okay. Record. So everybody, I guess the chair is working now. Do you think, Ree, that it was your fault too that the chair wasn't working? Well, it, that would be fitting with the theme of today. So I'm yeah. going to go ahead and say yeah. Oh no, I can feel it sinking again already. What's happening? It's so slow. You get for calling me out. It's so slow and gradual. Why? Now I'm hearing myself echo again. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 That's. Um. I wanted to check. It's recording all of us, not just me. Okay. Figured I, I would make I, that now. Maybe in keeping with the theme of today's episode, I've lost track <laughs> of what's real. Um, <laughs> What is the podcast? Where does the We're podcast actually begin? This, right I'm, I'm like a foot off the ground right now. <laughs> <laughs> this was like a dream version of the podcast. Like, but some I don't have a fever dream. Okay, I'm gonna just get like a regular hard chair for right now. <laughs> the gamer chair can go sit in the corner. What? I got a picture of it. What? I don't want a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm just gonna record just in case. Because I'm yeah, we'll you should record too. Work. We'll we'll we have we'll have one of one of these things will work, basically. You maybe. Maybe. Okay. I have a, I have throw a backup enough stuff thing. at this and it should be listenable. That's what we aim for. Like yeah. game busters. We have a we have a minimum standards bar that we strive to meet. Um <laughs> lower than your gaming chair. Lower <laughs> Jesus. Um I'm <laughs> I'm I'm I now now that I'm sitting in a regular chair and I'm not moving downward it feels wrong like I'm <laughs> I was in there for so long. Um Okay, so um I think this is a podcast about video games. Um welcome to Game Busters. Wait, we should sync up. This is awful. <laughs> this welcome is... to the first episode welcome of Game Welcome to the Busters, first guys. episode apparently <laughs> 9 months later. Um, okay, I'm just gonna count down one, two, three, and after three, like, on go, everybody clap, okay? Yes. One, two, three. Hey, that was so smooth. No, I didn't ask you to do the friends clap. Who did that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, uh, I, I'll, I'll have to edit this a little bit into something that humans could like consume for entertainment i feel like that is that is an understatement yeah it's an uphill <laughs> battle for sure uh this is game busters i think this is a podcast from gameluster.com and if you are new um every week we do a deep dive into a game or franchise we talk about how low nearest chair is and uh so i know everything's horrible and serious right now we're just trying to chill in here talk about some games so uh, I'm Nirav, like I said, and I'm your host, and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host Ree. Hey, this is the worst week to brag about my shiny new gamer chair I got, but yeah, I'm here. Did you did you take some of the elevation out of my chair to make yours higher? <laughs> I must have done. I stole the energy, and I'm more of a gamer than you. you stole my chair energy, and our uh, special guest today is uh, Bree oh. from uh, just the world. The world. Hello, and I don't even have a gamer chair, so I don't know if I'm qualified to be here or not. Do you uh, do you have your own Discord server? I, I do. Oh, you do? There we go. Okay, that's a good But game. it's for school. Oh. 
I don't know. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm gonna stop talking. Um, <laughs> I should have stopped. Talking. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna jump into the Hall of uh, Fame luster. Which, by the way, Re, I was talking um, with some uh, with a friend about like, I think that I think that Game Busters might be coming towards the end of season one. You, you feeling like we're approaching a season finale? Yeah, I don't know what it is gonna be, um, but like, I think season, I think. For, I don't know. I was thinking like whenever season one ends, maybe is when we'll kind of close off the Hall of Fame luster and move on to something else. Oh my god, I'm um, not sure if I'm emotionally ready to leave. Yeah, I know we'll, we'll be here for a little while. Lovely additions behind. Yeah, I just it has to be done. We've killed so many people. Nero, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, we've already said you can't use. Sorry, the, no, we can't. You can't we use can't, the word killed. Uh, yeah, legally, no. Le- legally, what happened is many people were killed. Um, <laughs> Uh, we were there. We the, were, yeah. That. <laughs> Is, does that make me an accomplice? That's for the law to decide. Um, passive language. Remember, passive language, and it's not our fault. But yeah, I was I was starting to think of ideas for maybe what season two could bring. Uh, and so uh, let's. I'm just. I just want everyone to meditate on that. Um, maybe put people into an arena and make them fight. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so. Um, Actually, I just had a great idea. Never, but I'll, I'll save it. It's in my it's in my my brain space now. So uh, today we are back at the Hall of Fame luster, uh, and we have another entry that hopefully will do okay up here, um, which is the uh, the worst disguised alien. Uh, this can be in any sort of media; it doesn't need to be video games. So, um, Reed, did you end up thinking of anything in the forty minutes it's taken us to set up? <laughs> I did actually. This is the one that I, I knew instantly. Um, and now I'm thinking it doesn't even count, but I'm go for it. Go with it. Um, wait, no, this does count. I'm being stupid. So um, I'm I'm going with uh, what's he called? Black Doom in uh, Shadow <laughs> the Hedgehog. <laughs> Is he disguised? Because, well, it's just I was thinking in terms of like ones that really, really, really stick out and weren't even making an effort to hide, and everyone just sort of is fine with it. Like Shadow looks at this guy and goes. Yeah, he seems trustworthy to help me with my amnesia. Um, and then just helps him out without really asking for a reason why. Yeah. Um, as you went over in your in your amazing video, there's Thank not a you. whole lot. It, it, it transcends sense. Yeah. You don't need sense. The, um, the, the jumping, like, man, the jumps in logic there, you would need a homing attack to cross that gap. <laughs> so I went for him just because he sticks out like a sore thumb and no one seems like too concerned about it. So yeah, Black right. Doom. <laughs> That's not a bad one. Um, Bree, what do you have? So technically, since this movie came out, uh, somewhat changed the lore. So I'm going with Sonic because now he is classified as an alien, at least in our universe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh my he... god. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one seems to care too much about the little blue guy running around. Yeah. I think they all seem pretty cool with it. Okay. I mean, yeah. for, I mean, for Eggman doctor. cared. Like, Jim Carrey. Yeah, Eggman cares. But... He was considered a weirdo for caring. Like, yeah, yeah, I think every... he was the most normal person in that movie. I've been, like, thinking about, like, if I knew that there was a really fast, like, blue hedgehog out there and, like, just somewhere, like, running around and, like, I saw him, like, run by my house out the window, I'd be like, oh, nice. And I would, like, go on not care. Like, see, I, I think I would be like everybody else. So, like, oh, nice. Yeah, I don't think I'd be concerned enough. It's not like a giant monster tearing down yeah. buildings. So it doesn't bother me. It doesn't right. bother me. 
Um, okay, so my entry might be controversial because I believe he's already been inducted into the Hall of Fame luster. Um, <laughs> oh my god. But, but it is Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Um, oh my god. <laughs> if, you were, if you remember, the, in the context of the movie, basically Lilo tells everyone, this is my dog, and then he says, oh, hi! <laughs> Which was oh like, gosh. I don't know, like, but like, it's one of those funny things where like everybody just buys it, like in that universe, you know? It's like, oh yeah, yeah obviously no this knows. is a talking blue dog. Um, I mean, just be honest, you picked him because you don't want more blood on your hands as to who we send up to. He's gonna live. <laughs> he's gonna live up yeah. there. <laughs> um, I'm I'm starting to think that maybe we thought we like, you know, like if a studio like starts to get big and they're like, oh man, we're really gonna make it, like. We need to get, like, a big studio, all this fancy equipment, and they maybe, like, overspend and, like, kind of shoot too high and, and end up, like, you know, draining more um, resources than they than they should at the time just because things are going well. Um, I think that may have happened for us. I thought, like, you know, like, oh, we got to go bigger than this patch of dirt, <laughs> and we went to the moon directly from yeah. there without any stops in between. Most people would stretch that out over a few episodes. It was more or less just one right. for us, I, I think. I think I may have shot for the moon and landed there, and that wasn't good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I've been considering about downsizing the hall. Um, but um, if, if all goes it would well... Be nice, it'd be nice to have more alive members of it, I think. I think that I have a good idea for what we might transition to next. I'm li- I'm just gonna run it out there. Um, do you guys know the game Super Fight? No. Hey. There's a card game. It- it's like a-, a a competitive card game, but it's like a fun one. And like, all you say, all all it has is like cards that have like characters from pop culture on it, from like literally everything. And then there's like another set of cards that's like conditions for the fight. And basically, like you just like both pull a card from that deck and then uh you know come in uh to the fight and try to like argue that you would win and then you can you can add like modifier cards to it which are like but it's raining or something and then you know figure out okay that sounds fun so i think it might be fun to utilize that sort of a thing here um so we're adding more death to the yeah there's gonna be more death don't be be mistaken but this is gonna be everyone's gonna have to sign a waiver before coming in Oh, thank God. Yeah, legally, we need to get ourselves covered. Legally, we need to be protected. Um, But it is going to be basically a gladiator fight. (laughs) Which, which if you remember, were very legal in Rome. And they made pasta, I think. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I I can't fault your logic here. I think it's pretty... pretty, uh, I was about to... Yeah. I was about to say let's let's move on. We didn't even vote yet. I honestly don't even want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to do this. Who's going up? Who's who's going up? All right. Um. Uh. All right. Re, where are your votes gonna go? Um. Throwing one to uh Black Doom, and I'm also throwing one to Sonic. We're gonna have a very Sonic themed moon. That's what. Yeah, I do want more Sonic on the moon. Um, Bree, what are you gonna do? I'm voting Sonic and Stitch. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? It's it might be weird. I don't actually think Sonic's ever won one of these before. How hasn't he? We've yeah, this. it's it's been a while. Um, I'm gonna give one to him. Um, I'm also gonna give one to Black Doom. That's that's funny, and I like remembering that he's around. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Sonic is uh, welcome. Our fa- everyone's favorite blue alien. Um, <laughs> uh, to uh, to the Hall of Fame luster. So uh, maybe he can open the gladiator matches. Maybe he can commentate. Oh, maybe um, lives. Uh, can he outrun death? We're gonna find out. Let's go. Can he? Can he outrun the vacuum of space? <laughs> um. So, which animation of Sonic is going out there though? Like new movie animation, old movie animation, or? I think okay. If we don't what want we him doing? to die, we need to send up Super Sonic. Um, okay. Because he can exist in space. Um, this is true. That has been proven. Um, if we don't care as much then I guess we can send classic Sonic up there from the 2D games. Um, <laughs> now he's, well, and if you remember, when he goes underwater, he, he does die unless he gets some air pretty soon from a little bubble. So Yes. As long as he's, he can find some bubbles up there. I mean, I'm not a space expert. I'm not sure if pockets of air, you, you know what? that's a common thing to come across in Fu- space. Fuck it. You never know. Fuck it. Sonic Generations. We're going to send them both up there. all right good idea all right thank you welcome sonic all right so let's uh jump into our main segment today so uh welcome to bustums we are going to be talking about uh prey the 2017 uh game uh i know many of you are i'm sure here to talk about the uh wildly unsuccessful 2006 third person shooter prey um no such luck (laughs) um Small We're, indie game. Small indie game. We're not we're not here for that one, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah. So let's let's go ahead and jump into it. So I guess I I feel like I'm I'm more of the expert on this one, and I needed someone to sort of cushion re when I yell. So Bree, that's why you're here. <laughs> um, okay, I can do this. Yeah, but um, I think we we played this game together. Am I right in remembering that? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, this is, this is a, a cool, a cool game. So just briefly to, to like brief people on it, um, before we get into the, the development, um, this is an immersive sim game, much like Dishonored or like the Thief games. Um, and it also has a lot of, uh, Bioshock in it. And it also has a, uh, it's also in the form of like a first person shooter in that way. But it is really a game about like, uh, being in this big space station, there being tons of aliens with weird powers and stuff, trying to survive and navigate it. There's crafting, there's uh, building, you know, resource management, uh, cra- like, you know, modifying weapons and, and armor and all this stuff, getting psychic powers, getting all these different elemental powers, and using a combination of all these things to figure out the most inventive way to cross obstacles. Uh, regardless of what they are. Um, it is also like a horror game for sure. So is watch out. They, they gonna jump at you. Um, re, I, I think you've, you, I'm sure you've seen like the trailers and stuff for this game. What, what is your understanding of what this is? Prey is a first person shooter video game. Okay, I'm fucking looking at the Wikipedia article as we talk about Are you going to read the Wikipedia article? <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware it's a video game. Um, I, it's always been one of those ones where I'd be like, oh, I'm definitely playing that when I'm done with my current game. Um, and it's sitting on my shelf, unplayed, uh, for three years now. Oh my god. I <laughs> This this game is very special to me because it defied all expectations. When, I, when they advertised this in E3 2016, 
I was like immediately like I was like I have to have this like I have to have it right now and for the next year until it came out I legitimately I I shit you not like my my routine every morning was to wake up get on the prey subreddit and look for any scraps of new information like that was literally what I did every day um and I built up somehow still enjoyed the game I built up my expectations so high for this I I was like this is going to be the greatest thing ever made um it's going to destroy all of the video games and then like I got it I pre-ordered the deluxe edition of course I like preloaded it I opened it up at midnight when it released I took that Friday off and it was it exceeded my expectations um and I think in that way it has sort of ruined me because now I, I keep like you know, if I pre-order a game, I'm like, yeah, that worked really well one time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and, uh, so, it's like the reverse cyberpunk then. Yeah, so this seems to be the, the exception hype. rather than the rule, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I can't think of any game that's been insanely, insanely hyped and just adored. Um, yeah, so... Um, I, I do want to give a shout out to that article I was sharing around the other day, which was titled "Prey Does Everything Better Than Every Other Game," which is correct. Uh, which, which I will go through in my TED talk today. Um, so I on the subject. Sorry, I just want yeah. to say that I love the culture around Prey. Everyone bloody loves this game so much. So, it's so good. I, I've worked at two outlets, and everyone from both outlets has been like, "You need to play Prey." I recently get a job at another outlet, and the first thing I see is that they have a whole day dedicated to bloody Prey articles. I it's... can't escape this game. Right, because it's Mar- March 15th. Wake up. Um, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it, it is that way because this game, like, unfortunately sold very poorly, but it received, like, massive critical and fan acclaim, but it sold very poorly, and so people who people are who have played it are very desperate to get other people to play it you know um i'm glad that it's finding a new life now that it came onto game pass um that seems to be like the big uh big notable addition with all the bethesda games coming everyone's talking about it again so i'm very excited um but yeah i i do want to kind of start with the um the history of arcane studios who i've made clear is my favorite game studio um and they have uh, such an interesting past and uh, the a lot of this information comes from the uh, No Clip documentary that came out last year. Um, I highly recommend that for anybody who's even remotely interested in the studio. Um, they interviewed like all the people involved with this, and they made such an interesting chronology of of the development of the studio. Um, but yeah, you can find that on YouTube, and it's free. I would recommend watching it. So. Um, Arcane Studios is, of course, best known for the making the Dishonored games, but uh, they they started from humble beginnings. Um, so interestingly, I, I thought this was funny. So uh, the founder of the of the studio, Raf Colantonio, um, he actually was working for EA um, back in the '90s when he got in, you know, right in, when he got into game dev, he got hired by EA, and he was actually working on System Shock back then. Ooh, a precursor of things to come, but. Interestingly, he said that, like, oh, when the PlayStation came out, EA, like, had shifted all of its attention to their sports games and making, like, annual sports games and, like, weren't really interested in these, like, inventive, innovative things anymore. And he's like, I don't know. It's kind of going downhill. And this was in 1998. So <laughs> it's, like, it's been a minute, I think. Um, 
I just think it's funny as early as like 1998, like people at EA were like, oh man, this place is all about the money. Um, yeah, but, um, let's see here. Yeah. So, um, he left the studio and he started his own studio in, uh, 1999 in Lyon, France with, uh, 11 people total. So, uh, this is, I think the, we've, we've, I think covered a lot of people who started with EA and then left because they didn't like it there. <laughs> I'm starting to think EA might not be the best place to work for. I don't know what gives it's sad because i think ea has like really uh not not treated a lot of our favorite franchises well um or people or people <laughs> or, or humans the consumers yeah like you know a lot like a lot of like well i've got you both right here i mean um who are i remember big fans of, of dragon age uh which oh i'm not, not allowed to forget um <laughs> never forget but yeah like uh just you know, people being worried about what's what Dragon Age Four is going to actually be like, and is will it be good? It's a thing. It, <laughs> it, it's, really... it's real. It's real. I saw a picture of a bald guy. <laughs> they, they... <laughs> no, here's what's going to happen. You play for ten minutes, and then you got to pay to play for the rest of the game. I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> so that's the company we're, we're dealing with. The sort of company that makes me go, "All right, well, I've seen like free trailers, but I'm not sure this game exists." Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, uh, Colantonio had support, um, from one of the, so, so interestingly, there was a game called Ultima Underworld being made by EA and, um, Colantonio had been working on that, but when he left, he was like, I want to make under Ultima Underworld 2, like my own way in my own style without EA telling me what to do. So we approached EA about like making it for them, uh, as an independent studio and, um, he, they, they said, like, yeah, we'll let you do that as long as we have creative control over the project. And he was like, fuck you, and fuck EA, and then he left again. Um, King shit. <laughs> yep. And so instead, they created a game in the spirit of that game, Ultima Underworld, and they called this Arx Fatalis, which, have either of you seen anything about Arx Fatalis? Have not heard of much of mm-hmm. my life. A lot of people have not heard of it. It was a PC-only game in 1999, so that's probably why. Um, I have played a little bit of it. It is basically a, think of like the old school Elder Scrolls games, but like instead of casting spells by clicking a button, you have to like actually draw a series of runes on the screen to like invoke the magical name of the spell to cast it. (laughs) Like, Well, that that is a concept. Yeah, like it is a really cool concept and you know, they did it right. But like the problem is that it's not like super fun after a while. Um, but it certainly, they certainly got it, uh, to work. So, um, anyway, it was well received and, but was a commercial failure. Critical success, commercial failure will sort of become a mantra for Arcane Studios. <laughs> God damn um, it. Like, why does, why does no one buy good games? No, people oh. don't want to buy good games. They want to buy EA soccer. <laughs> um, what's that called? FIFA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, don't worry. It's only like in the top 10 best-selling games every single year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think it is actually the best-selling game every year. Um, oh, no. So, um, they, they got a lot of critical praise, though, like I said, for Arx Vitalis. And so, um, Valve actually tapped into them um, and was like, hey, why don't you make uh, a sequel for Arx Vitalis with us? And then they tried to do that, and then... This is, this is by the way, the first... Like, just start counting. If you have, like... 
if you have like six hands, maybe you can start counting all the games they started to make that were canceled a year later. Um, So here's the first one, which was Arx Fatalis 2 with Valve. And Valve was like, "Mm, no, after a year, they're like, ah, we don't actually want to do this. I'm sorry. Bye. (laughs) Um, Then Ubisoft approached them and was like, hey, we made this game called Might and Magic and it sucks. Do you want to make it good (laughs) instead? Um, So this game, which I don't know if either of y'all heard of this Dark Dark Messiah of Might and Magic... No, haven't heard of that one. This one is, uh, came out in 2006, I believe it was also PC only, um, by Ubisoft, uh, published by Ubisoft. Um, this was their first immersive sim game. So this game was a, was one in which you were given a wide set of tools. Um, you were given a, an intricate world with a lot of overlaid systems and you were told to just find your way through it, figure it out, be resourceful. And, um, it was in first person too, which was like, crazy because like that i mean i I think i may hmm you know what i'll actually go ahead and say it i think i think uh arcane studios is maybe the only people who have managed to make like satisfying first person like sword play um that is hard i haven't played an arcane studios game but i also haven't played a game that's done yeah, like I, I, I genuinely can't think of a game besides like the Dishonored ones that do like first person sword fighting very well. Um, but um, yeah, so like basically, okay, so 2006 and seven, Valve contacted them again. Gabe is on the phone, and Gabe's like, "Hey guys, guys, you know Half Life? You guys like Half Life, right? Make another Half Life. Come on." <laughs> um, <laughs> So, Arcane Studios was actually tapped to make um, Half-Life Ravenhome, which would have actually been uh, Half-Life 4. Um, they actually were working on Half-Life 3. Half-Life 3 was actually being developed by another studio at the time, which Valve also canceled. Um, so, yeah, about two years into the making of Half-Life Ravenhome, it was canceled because Valve was worried about, like, the cost of the game. Um, why, why did they get back valve after the the first time you don't I, well because well i've va- okay, I mean. after messy breakup but then valve comes back with hey you want to make half-life come on <laughs> i've changed I, i've I changed <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm bringing you i'm bringing you half-life come on <laughs> um so yeah that did not work out either so there's the second canceled game all right let's get on with it so after dark messiah um uh, Arcane was making a uh, another game with EA. Um, no, this wasn't with EA. I'm sorry. This is with an. So this game is called The Crossing. Um, this is with an unknown publisher, quote unquote. People think it might have been Valve again, but they are legally not allowed <laughs> to say which publisher this was. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so this game, The Crossing, is going to sound extremely familiar if you've seen trailers for Arcane's new game, Deathloop. Um, so. De- Deathloop, by the way, is like the evolution of what was salvaged out of this cancelled game. Um, so The Crossing was a game in which you were in a big sort of open world city and you would have to, you know, complete tasks um, and, you know, quests and everything, but NPCs would invade your game and they were all real people. So, like, you, one person was playing the campaign and, like, hundreds of other people are NPCs in their world, basically. Um... And it, it basically would, like, you know, run through and, like, you know, all these, like, you know, enemies would appear, but they were all being controlled by real humans. Um, 
And, like, you know, you would just basically, like, bounce between games that you were, like, invading, essentially. Um, which was, like, a very cool concept. But the uh, the publisher, who I'm, I, again, think... Look. They were using the Source Engine for this, which is owned by Valve. So I'm assuming that this was Valve again. Um, Gabe called him up again two years into development and said, <laughs> I love what you guys are doing. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> 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 oh my god how how do how still get people to work with them oh my god oh, it's incredible well uh re i think you can see as evidenced by the past 10 years they haven't <laughs> that's a valid point um it's just i i like there's a common theme here you can tell how good um a development studio is by how awfully they are treated by the industry yeah absolutely um See, see Bioware. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, essentially um, this game was cancelled and at this point um, it's, you know, Arcane has had like many cancelled games, right? So they're very relieved when EA comes back to them. <laughs> and, oh my god. Imagine being that desperate that the sight of EA and their money This, I cannot... You. You need to watch this documentary. I cannot explain to you how desperate they were because they ha they were paying everybody literal pennies. Like, a lot of the founders of the studio were like, um, you know, were just like had to cut their own pay be below like minimum wage basically to keep the studio open. Um, so EA comes trotting back in and they're like, "I'm working with Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg wants to make a video game and he wants you guys <laughs> on it." Notoriously, notorious um, video game developer Steven Spielberg. <laughs> And Makes obviously, the, notoriously, people in the film industry wanting to get involved in video games always works out really, really well. Yeah. And um, never collapses. Never collapses. Especially if involved. Um, so, uh, they, they wanted... Uh, Steven Spielberg wanted to make a narrative-driven, choice-based game um, before... And, you know, a reminder, this is before Telltale or Life is Strange existed, really. Um, and they, they wanted to get in there and kind of, you know, Steven Spielberg was like, I've got an idea. Like, I want to make a movie-like video game that you control. Um, and so you can watch, by, by the way, the demo of this game. It, it exists. Uh, it's called LMNO, like the letters LMNO. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they worked on this for about a year. Steven uh, said, nope, don't like it. <laughs> and then so EA canceled the project again. Um, this was very bad. So Arcane basically had to decide to become a support studio. Um, so the, uh, for the next three or four years, what they worked on was Call of Duty World at War for Activision. And then, uh, for 2K, they worked on Bioshock 2. Um, so this is good because they get some Bioshock experience in there, which we'll use for Prey later. Um, so yeah, this is, this is desperate. Um, basically it's, a uh, it's bad. <laughs> so we're now Colantonio uh, basically is like, okay, uh, this studio is collapsing. Like we need to make some better friends for publishing. Um, so he opens up a new shop in Austin, Texas, uh, you know, cause they're based out of France. Um, so he's like, I can make better connections here in Austin. There's like a lot more publishers based in, in this area. You know, we can make some friends here and get some, get some jobs. And, um, so he opened up a studio, which was just him sitting in an office. Um, it was honestly, you should see some of these pictures. It's like a very sad, please watch this documentary. Um, 
It's like literally just like one room with like a bunch of boxes and a guy. <laughs> um, Only person you could bloody trust at this point in, in the gaming <laughs> industry. I mean. Um. So yeah. Um. So at this point in Austin, Colantonio met uh, Harvey Smith, who is going to be the other key figure for for Arcane Studios. Um. Harvey Smith is just like the most American guy. Um. He's like just met him around the streets in Texas. Well, hey, this is this is Harvey. <laughs> Hello, Harvey. That is a very um, that is a very American name, Harvey Smith. Just yeah. two first names right there. Oh Wait, yeah. Smith is a surname, isn't it? Smith is <laughs> definitely so a last name. Um, it's it's like the last name, last name you can get. I'm running on free. Yes. I'm sorry. So. Uh, they they kind of bonded and were like, okay, let's 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 see, can we do a game together? Can we like make something that's gonna actually get done? So they devised like a a ninja pitch, basically, uh, like right on the spot for just like I believe from the documentary that they had like lunch together and they're like, let's just brainstorm a game right now. And what they came up with was basically the the um, the skeleton for Dishonored and what that would eventually become. Um. So Smith, like, you know, joined Arcane Studios, and then in 2010, they still have no games of their own. They've released Bioshock 2. They were basically um, preparing to let everyone in the studio go. Um, they were at a diner, and, uh, like, some of the staff there were, were having, like, uh, dinner together, and uh, Raph said, like, he did that. He, like, got a phone call, because um, he, he had been, you know, put out a call about... Um, he, like, they had made it known that they were willing to be uh, to be acquired, you know. Um, and he got a call uh, from Bethesda Softworks. And he, like, said he, like, walked outside the diner and he took the call. And they said, like, yeah, we want to acquire you. We're, we're ready to sign the papers right now. And he was like, he's like, yeah, I kept cool, you know. I was like, yeah, that sounds fine. We'll come in for a meeting. Our people will see your people. <laughs> and they, like hung up the phone and he like walked in like looking really dejected everyone's like looking at him really intensely and he's like we got it <laughs> like he like faked the, did like the shitty fake him out thing um but yeah that was like the most they said that was like the most exciting moment in their lives was getting acquired by bethesda because like it meant that they could keep the studio open um could make games they games could make games so it's interesting that like as much shit as bethesda gets for this like for 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 other stuff i guess like they have been very instrumental in finding extremely talented studios like Arcane, Machine Games, who does Wolfenstein, and Id Software, who does Doom. It's finding them, acquiring them because they're about to to shut down, and funding the games like that. They and just letting them keep make the stuff that they're good at making. Um, Todd, I don't think Todd Howard has a massive savior complex. He likes. To he think does. That he he is, has a Todd complex. Like... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found that too funny. Um. Yeah, so we're we're getting there. Don't worry. Um, but uh, yeah, the let's see here. Okay, so finally, and uh, they finally uh, approached Bethesda, and they had sat down with them and were like, "Hey, okay, so we have an idea for the game we want you to make. It's about a bunch of ninjas, and they're like jumping around on roofs and stuff." Um, so they actually pitched them a game set in feudal Japan, in which the um, the um the the emperor is killed and uh his uh god what are they called the the um you know like the protector what is the shogunate um anyway his like lord protector 
is uh, blamed basically for the emperor's death. Uh, pretend everyone, you know, like the uh, one of these other guys like rises up and, and frames him for it, and he has to go into hiding, and then take out all of these different people who were part of the coup to clear his name, and was called dishonored. And this was this was like pitched by Bethesda, and they were like, yes, b- but without the ninjas. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that is of course the game they ended up making, but they, uh, changed the setting to be in, you know, a Victorian England and went from there. Uh, but, uh, the rest of that is, you know, not part of this episode. So, um, this is, uh, when Prey comes into play. So, uh, like, I don't, I think both of y'all mentioned you ha- you don't have a lot of experience with the old 2006 game Prey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've never played the old Prey game. Okay. I've heard about it, but I've never played it. Yeah, so this was made by Human Head Studios. I've played a few hours of it. Um, this is and Human Head Studios was acquired by Bethesda in two thousand eight or something like that um, because they went bankrupt because that game was again a critical critical success commercial failure. Um, so Bethesda acquired this studio and they uh, all the personnel from that studio were added to Arcane's Austin studio. So. Human Head Studios essentially became Arcane Austin. Um, that group of people uh, were asked to make Prey 2, like just a sequel to that game. Um, after about two years of development, Arcane was told, no, don't. this one's done. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Again. It's like, it's incredible. I don't think that there's a single other studio that's had so many cancelled projects. <laughs> That's the thing, we've, we've talked about how, like, Obsidian have had it rough, about how Bioware's had it rough. This is at another level. I mean, <sighs> most companies would just not exist anymore. I also just want to point out that, like, Activision Blizzard routinely fires, like, 100 members of staff every year when they make profits. How the hell were they keeping people fed <laughs> at they... Arcane Studios it's... with no games? <laughs> It is crazy. They didn't fire anybody. A lot of people did leave, though. Like, a lot of the... Um, oh, of course, yeah. A lot of the management did leave during this time. Like, one of the founding guys actually left during the, the bad times because he was, like... I think he, like, literally said, like, I, like, couldn't feed my, like, wife and daughter, like, on this salary. Like, he had to get a job oh in, like, software development. And, like, um, the only reason the studio was able to even stay open a little bit was because Raf Colantonio had, like, a pretty wealthy uncle who was like willing to like invest a little bit in the studio here and there um but like let's like again they were just like living like you know paycheck to paycheck there, trying to scrap at whatever like work you know whatever work they could get from any publisher um and like again they never really got to make their own games though right until dishonored like it was always just doing shit for other people um but uh finally oh and also interesting i thought this was a really fun fact so uh until last year when the documentary came out nobody knew that arcane had made like half-life uh raven home which is like you know a, a canonical new entry in half-life series which people have been you know a little vocal about um <laughs> but they said like basically like a, a sort of a rite of passage when you begin working at arcane is like somebody will appear at your desk and say like follow me like very solemnly 
and like <laughs> take you to this like dark room and inside there's like a single computer and on it is like half-life raven home and it's like this is the lost half-life game <laughs> <laughs> and like you like sit there and like play it and that's like sort of like induction ceremony for working at the studio yeah if everyone's bitching about wanting to play half-life free like just work at arcane yeah why don't you just get you a job there i don't understand yeah um yeah so prey 2 as i said was canceled the sequel to the original game and so they rebooted development on it um this time they were like okay we're making a new game and we're just going to call it Prey. Um, it is worth noting that during development within Arcane Studios, this game was referred to as Psychoshock. Um, because it was, again, it was the spiritual successor to System Shock and Bioshock. Um, so, the and, uh, like I said, I mean, Raf Colantanio, the first game he ever worked on was the original System Shock with EA. Um, so this was, you know, pull, pulling some of that experience in. Um, so if anyone's... Have either of y'all played any of, of System Shock or System Shock 2? Mm-mm. Nah. Um, it, it, is, it is legitimately, like, very... If you if you like the kind of game design setup of Prey, it is the same. Like, it's, you know, it's very much like that. Bioshock was just an evolution of that game. Um, I believe there's a System Shock, like, total remake coming out this year, though, so keep an eye out for that. Um, so, um, Ricardo Bear... Uh, sorry, Ricardo. Ricardo bear um this is these are french people um he said uh they wanted a big interconnected dungeon that the player could roam so long as they could unlock everything so like they kind of took this idea of like uh, a metroidvania right and they were like this is going to be like this whole space station is going to be one big mega dungeon um but they wanted to fill it with like aliens and all these other obstacles so they did not want people to be standing in one place solving a puzzle. That was one thing they really wanted to avoid, was like, you get to a room, you have to solve a puzzle to move to the next room. That is not what they wanted here. Um, so they wanted, they said, like, we want people to think of this as a living, dynamic world where there are tons of solutions possible. So the way I always advertise Arcane's games is that, like, you see an obstacle, whether it's, like, a door or a vent or, like, a monster or a guard or whatever it is there are at least a dozen ways around it right in front of you at any given time like there there is no correct way to progress past anything in this game um there there are literally just the the number of permutations you could do um to to, to like move around this game is so vast that i am assuming that i mean i don't think any two people could have ever played this game the same way exactly um, yeah, but, uh, so it, it has, like, a lot of gameplay concepts from Dishonored, which, you know, was, of course, inspired by these older immersive sim games like System Shock and Thief. Um, they said they wanted it to, like, feel pretty chaotic, um, because they wanted to feel like a functioning space station, right? So, uh, you know what? Actually, now might be a good time to talk about, like, the content of the game. So... Bree, why don't you why don't you pitch me on like the story and like the, the 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 like you know exploration of this game a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, I mean, it's a first person. So I mean, you're cast in as a character Morgan Yu, and you wake up in your little room, and you end up getting shipped out to space, and you find out that uh, as the game implies, there's a bunch of aliens that have taken over, and you need to figure out what happened on the station. Um, 
try to look for any survivors. And then at the end, you kind of have to make one of two really big decisions on what to do about the space station. And so as you're going through the game, like these little aliens, uh, they're called typhoids. And typhoon. so what is it? Typhon. A typhoid is typhoon, a type typhoon, of fever. Typhoid. <laughs> typhoid. Typhoon. I got typhoon yeah, the... fever, baby. <laughs> yeah, the little typhons. And so uh, what kind of makes the game like a little slightly into the horror aspect is that they can, um, they're called mimics. And so they can turn into little household items, like a pair of scissors or even like a gun you want to pick up and they'll jump at you. Um, yeah. It will give you a heart attack at several points in the game. <laughs> it's like the mimic thing is so crazy because like, uh, Rhi, I'm sure you've seen stuff about the mimics, right? Like they can become like a coffee cup or whatever, right? Like literally yeah, any yeah. object in the space station could be a mimic waiting for you. But the craziest one is it's so crazy that there was one time I saw a health pack and I went to get it and it was a mimic. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that get you. Yeah. Like there was one, there's one place where there's a sign on a door, like saying like, Oh, this is this room. And the sign was actually just a mimic the whole time. Oh my God. Like, so there, there is not, no, there's no, there's no peace in this world. There's only fear. <laughs> there was never peace. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, it, I, I really love the gameplay to this game because, I mean, like Dishonored, you just have so many different options in how you want to go for it. So I'm more of a stealth. You're... I don't I don't go in guns a blazing for most games. So I like to have that option. Yeah, um, you can definitely stealth this one or you can, like, you know, just shoot things. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the glue gun, which is, like, the sort of... <laughs> the best part of this game which is it's it's a totally it's new the best kind weapon of, it's the best weapon so that's the first weapon you get is called the glue gun it shoots this weird substance basically glue. that like it's yeah it's called glue and if you shoot it at an alien it'll it'll freeze that alien into a solid statue for like a few seconds um but you can also shoot it into the world and it creates a persistent platform there so in this game like that's like you know you're doing all the shooting and stuff you're also platforming around these areas uh, by creating platforms by using making these like goo chains um and it really is up to your imagination as to how inventive you can be with how you traverse these rooms and stuff um, oh yeah and i think uh part of the fun too is you can get some cool powers in the game but it definitely has the mindset of the cool the powers technically more difficult aspects of the game will get and it might change your ending yeah um so i, I don't want to talk i don't want to spoil the actual ending but a really cool yeah. thing so, you know how, like, Dishonored has, like, the low chaos, high chaos thing? Like, if you kill too many people in one level, in the next level, there's, like, more guards, more monsters, etc. Because, like, security has been beefed up, right? Like, they're like, oh, somebody's killing all our people, we need more guards, etc. Um, the version of that in this game, I think, is that uh, the neuromods, which are, like, your, your skills, like, your powers. Um, if you want to get alien, like basically what you're doing with these neuromods is you're injecting alien DNA into your own body in order to gain alien powers. And if you inject, uh, too many of them, you start to become an alien and you are detected by the ship as an alien. So like the systems on the ship that are designed to, to kill the Typhon, like will also turn on you, etc. Um, so yeah, like I think that's just like really fascinating. It's like, yeah, you can like become like god powerful if you're willing to like deal with like the punishment that comes with it, or just turn into a coffee cup and roll around the ship. Yes, also a good option because you can also mimic stuff too if you get the mimic power. 
And you can just turn into, like, a book and just live there on the shelf forever. <laughs> the dream. Isn't it? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nero. Once you get more Neuromod powers, um, you get hunted more frequently by the Nightmare. Yeah, right? yeah. So, like, as you progress through the game, there is this one singular creature called the Nightmare, which is, like, a, a monster. Like, God, it's gigantic. It doesn't even fit in most rooms. But, like, it will detect you, and it will... Um, it will hunt you like so the more neuromods that you install like the more powerful you become the better it is at tracking you and it, there comes a point where you have to like basically like run and hide in a vent and just like scream while it walks around you, you know? <laughs> um yeah but like all that's like super cool but like i think like the 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 coolest part of this is that like there's uh i don't know how to say this like the, the the thing the the ship is like always kind of like evolving too like things don't stay the same when you walk around it it is kind of an open world that you're unlocking into an open world um but like i guess it's more of a metroidvania in that way but like it, it's every time you come back to a place it's like okay like i i was in this room and i saw these uh phantoms and i i killed them um, and like, so they're gone now, but like, maybe I didn't kill a weaver that was in like another adjacent room. And so this weaver has, while I was gone, sprouted some children and there's like three or four of these in this room now, uh, et cetera. So yeah, I don't know. So, um, re, I, I know I'm just kind of saying a lot of words right now. Do you have any, uh, questions or thoughts? Um, I really don't because I've heard so many people talking about it. Um, I, I just need to play it. That's all I've got to say. Interesting. Just another um, also, I just I need to play something made by Arcane Studios because yes. I stand them just based on what I've heard about <laughs> them. I'm I'm always rooting for them. I just have never played anything they've ever played. So um this music also music by the gay was written by uh Mick Gordon, the guy who did Doom. So yes, very good music. Um also story was written by Chris Avalone who did Fallout New Vegas. Um, and Ooh, yeah, nice. and, uh, the, he, he said he took inspiration from the movies moon starship troopers, the matrix and aliens, uh, for this. So actually re, let me give you the setup for this. I'll pull you in. Um, you're, you're Morgan. You, you're uh, an astronaut and you, uh, wake up one morning and it's March 15th again. And <laughs> you've, you've groundhog dayed yourself. Um, you, you, no, you, you get up and, you know, get ready and you go to work and you meet your brother. Your brother is the director of the space, uh, program and your parents are the rich ass people who founded it. Um, so like you're, you're like the richest person, which is nice. I already can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you get to this, uh, get to this place and you're like about to start your space training and they're going to launch you in, into, into space, you know? And you get you get up there on board Talos One, which is the space station, which has already been built out, right? Like there's you know dozens of people on it already. It's a really nice place. But you get there and you start doing your initial testing, and uh, there there are these aliens. Yeah, like we said, the Typhon. There are many different kinds of them, but humans have been capturing them, right? Whenever they come by, and they've been containing them and studying them, studying quote unquote. Um, I'm sure that you've seen enough movies to understand what they're doing in there. Um, and yeah. I'm sure that you've also seen enough movies to understand the next thing that happens is that the aliens escape captivity and want revenge. Uh, 
Yeah, shenanigans ensue. Basically. Shenanigans ensue. Um, and so you are trapped on the space station with all of these aliens that have taken over. There are a lot of survivors, however, too, which is something interesting that um, I think that they could have stressed a little more in, in the original Bioshock um, is, like, having NPCs to, like, talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Because there's, like, three living humans, I think, left in that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, uh, Bree. Do you remember any of the the NPCs that you you met up with, hung out with? In Bioshock or Prey? In Prey. Oh, in Prey for sure. The best one that comes to mind is the cook. Oh yeah, was what was he fucking mm. doing? He was doing some shady shit, right? Uh, if you look hard enough, you might find a body in a freezer. Oh. That was definitely drag there. They say like specifically like it wasn't like Yeah, a I, there's like a, Yeah, there's like a whole like investigation quest there. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, also the powers get so fun. Like there are some like mind there's like mind jacking where you can like Oh man, you can control corpses of people that have been killed with your mind. Um and so like that that's one way to like Oh man, it, it feels awful to do a lot of this stuff because there's so many corpses scattered around the ship. But like, there one of my strategies was I like leveled up mind jacking all the way, and then I would like hide behind like a plant, and then like there'd be like a telepath in the middle of the room, and I would like raise like five corpses from the dead and like uh, use them to like explode into the telepath and use their own bodies <laughs> to like kill it. Um. Which is like again, like one just one way you can come up with to kill stuff, um, or or just oh, get for sure. Them. There's a lot of ways, especially if you're uh, morally flexible. Yes, it helps you be morally <laughs> flexible in these. Um, this one also doesn't really have like a no. There's not really like a no kill uh, condition for this, um, like in with Dishonored. But there is, in a similar way, you can either choose the the NPCs you find. I think there's like a dozen or so. They all have actually yeah. really. They're all named and like they have well written out backstories. The whole there's like a romance story that's like a sub story that's really sad because like uh who is it Danielle and then what's her face? I don't know, but one of them dies like and you see her body like floating outside the ship like stuck to the wall like just trying to reach each other through the glass, you know, as they die. Oh, that was so sad. It's the fucking worst. Um Oof. also it's like really one interesting way that they develop a lot of the characters you don't meet is that they were playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons on the ship. Yes. <laughs> and you find all their character sheets and their notes scattered around and like by reading through their character sheets like you can like kind of understand better who these people were, which I think is like a really nice touch. Um there's like a voice recording two of them playing the game. Yeah, and you can just kind of see like which one's like the jackass guy and which one's like the serious one, etc. Um it's that's really nice but yeah so as far as like prey i think it, for a lot of people i think it's a little overwhelming i would say because it is it does dip into pretty much every single genre of game that exists um like there's you know of course the exploration part there's the platforming but you're building the platforms there's crafting because you're finding all these things you're scrapping them in scrap machines into basic materials and then building more stuff out of them Oh, yeah, Ree, so one interesting thing is the guns and ammo you're using, you don't find them anywhere. You have to build them in these fabricator machines with the materials that you find from breaking down aliens and chairs and lamps and whatever you can find. Um, oh, boy. I'm not very crafting in video games because I forget, like, what I'm actually looking for and just never this, make It's actually games. extremely easy because there's only four types of crafting material and everything in the world breaks down into those four things. 
there's like I think I can handle. Like, yeah. It's like Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's like Animal Crossing levels of mental strain. Right, yes. New Horizons. Um, yes, New Horizons. Uh, oh, there there is sort of a New Horizon at the end. Um, <laughs> it's hey. a bad it's a bad one. Um, <laughs> oh. So uh, I do want to like talk quickly about my part in that the part of this game that made me like so sold on it being one of like the all-time greats is that i was in this place in like the it was like in the electrical room the like voltage chamber or something it was called and there were two um oh i haven't talked about the phantoms brie you remember the phantoms the like the guys who, oh like, they're like the big typhons walking around they're like talking yeah their voices it's pretty creepy okay so read the phantoms are like one of the the more com like more common enemies um but they are horrifying because they are these like staticky black creatures that are like they almost they almost look like a person but like what they are is like a typhon like sucked the soul out of one of the people that it killed and it like took that person's form and so what it is doing is as it stalks around like this shambling husk of a person in a room like it's whispering back to itself the last words of the person who it consumed so like oh, you can hear fun. it whispering to itself like please leave me to die you know stuff like that oh um Jerry. and then like it's it's fucking yeah it's fucking scary as hell um but um and you can even hear people like pleading for help or like calling each other like you know like don't kill her and um oh stuff like oh, that that's fun. but they're all that's they're just like fun. yeah they're just like shambling around these rooms like screaming it uh right and then oh man the fucking machines that have been corrupted by the typhon are the worst because they're like there has been an error terminate you know it's like <laughs> fuck fuck me i'm hiding behind this rock forever <laughs> i am the biggest scaredy scaredy cat games i played um uh Bioshock. I thought say Bioware. I have not played. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, everything. I, well, that's also true, but that, continue. That true, yeah. Um, but I played Bioshock, and I got about I don't know six hours in, and that's that like is most of it. That's six hours more. Oh, well, I did not get far. <laughs> <laughs> I've done like one of the bosses. How many like, big daddies did you fight? A two or three okay yeah you um, probably didn't point, make it make it halfway i, I don't saw, think then i stood up and was like i've seen enough of this game i'm gonna that is a scary no that is a scary ass game like i know a lot of it's people are like it's like terrifying. whatever but like I, I think it's genuinely one of the scariest games ever like the splicers are the fucking worst oh my god like i was i i told a friend i was like i can't play this and he was like it's not even a horror game it's not even scary i was like i'm terrified the second the game boots up so because because i got like three big daddies down i was like yeah i've completed the game now this is for, this is good for me that's all of yeah. them great <laughs> okay. game i love i love the game uh hope to play it someday <laughs> but... <laughs> um oh but yeah to, so to get back to what i was saying about this moment that i was like really sold on this game is there is an item called a recycler grenade and what you do with it is you toss it and whatever is in the vicinity of it it recycles into its base component parts. Um, so uh, one really cool thing that I figured out on my own too was that I could get organic material, which I needed to make more glue ammo, by when I found corpses, I would drag all the corpses into one spot and then recycle them into organic material and then use it to build more glue. Um, 
which is like you know just really fun when you when you do it but the thing that like i was i was doing was i was like in the rafters of this big giant electrical room and there were two voltaic phantoms below me like electrical phantoms and i had no ammo left in any of my guns and i was like stuck here um and i was like like just like sweating bullets and i was like looking through my inventory for anything and i saw this recycler grenade and the the inspiration that struck me has been unlike any other game and i didn't know i could do this but i looked down at them i waited for them to walk near each other and i threw the grenade and i recycled both of them alive into like alien material <laughs> <laughs> like and i was just like holy shit like this this game i think better than any other game actually like 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 dishonored sure but like i think i would probably draw more of a parallel to zelda breath of the wild on this like it forces you to be resourceful past what you ever thought you would figure out on your own like it is not really even a game about intelligence or like strategy it is just about like being forced into a corner and figuring out stuff you would ha have never thought yourself able of doing um because you are constantly out of ammo you were constantly running from shit like you are not there is no place of peace to like hide um it is a stressful experience, but in that stressful experience, the reward is being resourceful enough to always make it out of it alive, um, which I think is super cool. Um, yeah, I don't know, Bree. Do you wanna you wanna say anything else about the uh, the main game? Yeah, I think one of the best experiences for me, honestly, was just like putting on a spacesuit and being able to float out in space. Oh yeah, you can do that. That's yeah. not very common in a game, especially like genuine mechanics where you have to like use the thrust and it has like pretty good uh sense of what it would be like to be in space like the floatiness yeah um, that was pretty great and looking out and you can like see the planets and then realizing you can also get attacked when you're in space and like yeah can't even say even though it's kind of an open world there's not really a fast travel mechanic the fastest way of traveling is by opening the space hatch doors in different parts of the ship and then flying out into space and like having to understand the physics of like using the thrusters on the different sides of the spacesuit to get like from like to where you're going to the other hatch. Yeah. Um, and then do you remember the guts of the ship? Oh, the, I don't. The gut, the guts is like that is... big, it's like that giant tunnel down the center with like the yellow stream of, of like weavers and everything. Like it's like, oh, the, yeah, it's yeah. like the hardest part of the game. Cause like you're just trapped right. there for like an hour just like trying to survive in this fucking forever tunnel. <laughs> I just um, keep throwing like recycler just, bombs yeah, or anything else do, I can. Get something else to do the work for you. Yeah, literally just pick up whatever you can and throw it. That is what this game is. Yes. Um yeah, but I also want to give a shout out here to the DLC. I don't know, Bree, did you play the DLC of the Moon Crash? I did not. Yeah, I uh, I remember being so excited for this and I remember booting it up and never never stepping away from my computer again um i actually like like i spent like maybe 20 hours completing this dlc over the course of just two days um it is prey moon crash is my favorite dlc ever created for anything i would say that absolutely without a doubt it is the most intelligent and original thing i've ever seen it is um it is a, a, a it is like disconnected sort of like you're not the same character um, you are on the moon while the events of this are happening in the space station. You're on the moon base. And essentially what happens is that, like, the simulation part of it is played up again. And so 
you have five people on the moon who are trapped in the moon base and there is a uh, an ever rotating procedurally generated world around you so nothing is ever the same twice but basically every time you are thrown out into the world with just a wrench uh, as a little tribute to bioshock of course and you you're thrown out into the world with a wrench and with whatever items you find with whatever enemies are there whichever people you're able to track down puzzles you're able to solve in this ever shifting world you have to over and over again figure out a way to use the systems of the world to unlock the the shuttle and escape. So basically in one run, what you're doing is that you start with your first character. You have to run out, figure out what, how the systems of this world work so that you can set it up so that your last character can escape. Because the ultimate goal is for all five of your characters to get into the shuttle and escape together. So... The, the actions of the first character affect that of the second. So, like, unless I unlock this door while I'm the first character and lure one of these specific Typhon into this room so the second character can kill it, I won't be able to get the third character the card key they need from that alien, etc. So, this is you replaying, the, but, but everything is procedurally generated, so it's all different every single time you do it. And there, it's, like, impossible to master this world. You basically you have to rely a hundred percent on your resourcefulness of understanding what you've done and what you have to do to figure out how to get everybody onto that shuttle, and so like it is it is just so incredible. And of course, I know what I'm saying again sounds really similar to Deathloop. Um, that you know that obviously Moon Crash was obviously them testing this idea for them to make a full game out of it with Deathloop. Um, and I mean, after I've talked about all this stuff, I think you can see that like Deathloop is weirdly like a culmination of everything else they've ever made, kind of pushed together into one thing. Um, and finally released. Finally gets to be made. Um, yeah. So everybody like absolutely like play Moon Crash. I, I cannot say enough good things about it. It is ridiculous. Um, and I, it's just the 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 idea of like. I don't know, like, I don't love games that are, like, super difficult, but, like, I do love games that force me to be resourceful and, like, force me to use the items and the tools at my disposal to outsmart the developers. And that that is what Prey is. Prey is a game in which they make this intricately moving world that's always changing, and they give you a set of tools, and the developers say, here's your obstacles, outsmart us, you fuck. Um, so, yeah, I think I've... I think I've yelled enough, probably. Um, I want to give a, a, a little <laughs> shout-out to... Uh, do you guys know about the name the game Pray for the Gods? No. Um, okay. it, is a, it, was a, it was originally called, like, it's, it was named P-R-E-Y, Pray for the Gods. This is, it, it's like a, um, a spiritual sequel to Shadow of the Colossus. Um, it, uh, Bethesda got into a little bit of a scrap with them when they were making this game. And so the name of that game had to be changed to Pray for the Gods, spelled P-R-A-E-Y. <laughs> Why? Um, because they said, like... the whole praying concept at that point? Um, well, it's, you know, it's like a cool play on words. Like, you know, you pray for the gods, but, like, you're, you are pray for the gods. The gods are trying to hunt you, you know? Oh. It's like, it's a cool name. Uh, but you can't, oh, you can't use it because Bethesda owns it. <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess let's, let's finish up, uh, with, um, I guess, are there, are there enough ghosts in this? Um, there are a lot of phantoms, I think we said. I think there could be more ghosts. I think there could be more. I think that a lot of the enemies are ghost-like, 
like the the weavers and the the telepaths and stuff um but i don't think we have any legitimate dead people um well the phantoms are dead people and that's why they're called phantoms so i guess there are a lot of ghosts um we need more we need more we need Uh, more add some more in okay um Let's see. So um, let's let's jump into our, our game. This isn't going to be really a guessing game, uh, more of just like a uh, let's let's have some ideas here. Let's brainstorm. So uh, in honor of Arcane's thousands of canceled games, um, <laughs> I've uh, I've dug up some interesting games that were canceled in the past, and uh, I'll describe it to you a little bit, and you tell me if we're gonna ship it or quit it. Are we gonna cancel this? We got to save some money for the next one, or are we gonna ship this out? We got to get this made. Um, Can we do a um uh what EA do and just like say oh we'll fund it for like in four years and then pull funding and it never gets yeah. produced. If you could just make the whole game and then we don't pay you for it. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so Reed this one maybe this one's a, a good one to start on for you. This is from Lionhead Studios um, who you of course know. Oh I think I already know. It. This is this game was called 14 BC. Do you know about this one? I don't know about that one. Okay. Yeah, this was going to be an Xbox exclusive, uh, uh, supposed to be for 2004. So, um, you were going to be a caveman, uh, and you would um, get in a time machine, basically, and travel all of these... um, They they said they were going to make it extremely realistic, so they were going to have you survive with your tribe, like, battle, like, beasts, including dinosaurs and stuff, etc., and become, like, the dominant species on Earth. And so, like, you would, like, build up your tribe with, like, finding all these, like, cool things, etc. There's, like, a food chain mechanic. And then you are the top of the food chain. Um, so, like, you you would have to, like, you know... I, I, I mean, as I've, like, looked at the description for this, I think the game that got made actually was that, like... Was it called Humankind and Odyssey or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ancestors of Humankind Odyssey. Um, I think that game ended up being this game, but this was essentially the journey of the caveman to become the top of the food chain. Um, and also dinosaurs were there because I guess that was chronologically correct. (laughs) Um, so this is again from the make, Brie, this is from the makers of the Fable games. Um, so, yeah, are you, are you, are you, do you, do we have the money for this one? Are we going to ship this one? I'm not crazy about it, and also it's a lot to pull off considering, like, Lionhead Studios or Peter Molyneux in particular were notorious for being like, hey, we're going to put this feature in it, and then it wouldn't appear. So Spore is going to have, gonna have a lot of features. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say no. I'm not I'm not crazy about this one. Okay. They, it's a good thing they scrapped this and worked on other games. Fair enough. Okay, how about this one? Uh, this is a Star Wars um this yeah this one was called star wars 1313 um oh my god do you know this one yes i'm already saying yes (laughs) you're already gonna ship it all right so this would be like you playing as boba fett traveling the underworld of coruscant doing like seedy bounty hunter shit and it was like really realistic uh combat with like no force stuff involved at all it was just all about like shooting basically um no lightsabers in this one and you also get to hang around the cantina with people. Um, but this Sounds so good. Yeah, this one was canceled because Disney shut down LucasArts in 2013. Actual crime against humanity. It didn't get made. I'll die on this hill. This was a war crime. Um, Brie, I don't know. Are you a big Star Wars fan? Uh, yeah. 
Would you, you, you like this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Okay. Um, to be fair, I haven't played a whole lot of the Star Wars games. Um, probably due to their quality in some cases, but... <laughs> sure. Um, okay, this is an interesting one. Might be quicker. Um, Mega Man Maker was canceled. It was oh. just Mario Maker, but for Mega Man. Yeah. I'd ship that, yeah. Yeah, and you could share your levels and challenge people to complete them. And But you, you play as Dr. Wily, and you're, like, canonically building a bunch of levels to, like, <laughs> make Mega Man, like, suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds really fun. Yeah, oh, it's not... Why did that get cancelled? Um, it was, uh, um, the, uh, when the creator of Mega Man, Keiji uh, Inafune, uh, oh, left. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he left Capcom. Oh. And that was his project, and it just kind of died with him. Well, thank God we got Mighty Number no. Nine instead. That was a worthy sacrifice. Okay. Um. So we'll we'll say that. Yeah. That. Okay. This one is fucking crazy. This one is called Gotham by Gaslight. Um. I don't know if anyone's heard of this. I did not know about this. This is a Batman game set in the Victorian era where Batman fights Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. That sounds great. Um, Why? so THQ was developing this apparently and, uh, they kind of were, um, they just like made some prototypes of it. They looked at it and were like, nope, this is dumb. <laughs> so this was like steampunk yeah. Batman basically. Um, and, uh, it would have been like old timey technology too, uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do you do you feel like this would have been a good? Is there any way this would have been a good fun game to play, or just like a meme game? Why does it have to be Batman if they're rejecting everything about the Batman setting? It's making new IP at that point. I mean, hmm. Let's see. Yeah, and no. So we're gonna we're gonna ship or we're gonna quit it. What do you um... think? I'm I'm gonna quit it. I'm not crazy about this. I don't All know right. about you, Bree. Do you like Gotham Bat? Do you like like actual Gothic Batman? <laughs> no, no, no love. I mean, I mean, no, no love for old timey grappling hook. <laughs> <laughs> what would he even throw? Like crumpets? I don't know. Bat 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 crumpet. Um. All right, how about this one? Uh, Final Fantasy to uh, uh, I hate their fucking names. Okay. Oh, is this, is this ten three? Uh, no, this is uh twelve two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these names are so stupid. So final, it was called Final Fantasy twelve Fortress, thankfully. So it wasn't actually called twelve two. Um, but it was actually a Dark Souls style game. Uh, in the oh. Final Fantasy twelve world. Um. And you would, like, defend uh, these fortresses from this thing called the Sea King. And, like, basically you would just have tons of boss battles and, like, stuff like that. Um, it, uh, yeah. And it, and it didn't really get past much of the, de like, the early development stage. But it would have been, like, very nonlinear with basically just, like, series of crazy eldritch horror boss battles in this world. Um, and I guess they said, like, no, this would be bad. I don't know. See, I feel like that could be fun. I want to pursue that. Mm, I don't know. Brie, what do you feel like? Do you like this one? Mm, I might pass on this one. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan. 
Um, Ree, I think I've got one for you here, too. Um, how do you feel about Sonic Extreme? <laughs> like, I don't even need context. It's a definite yes. I just, I, I'm loving the. T Is it a tie-in to Sonic X, the amazing hit anime which everyone loves? I love. First of all, I, I did love Sonic X. Uh, yes. Gotta go fast. Like <laughs> um, season three was a little crazy, huh? They got yeah. the space robots, and Tails <laughs> fell in love with the alien. <laughs> That did indeed happen. It, um, it started quite grounded. I like how the whole point of the show was this is grounded. The yeah. The real world, and now it's that ah, space alien. I think legitimately the peak of that entire show is, of I of course, the part where, like, the episode in season three opens up on the space cantina, and, like, you hear this, like, synth music playing, and then the camera pans over to Vector the crocodile who's playing the synths in this <laughs> space bar, and then he looks up, and he talks directly to the camera, and he says... I suppose you're surprised to see me playing the piano. <laughs> oh, God. Which is, I, like, might have been the height of television. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> It peaked. They it were, just went downhill from that. <laughs> they, they were ahead of the time because, I mean, obviously you had House of Cards when they had the whole thing where he would, like, speak to the camera. But Sonic X came first. And I don't yeah, think it really credit. did. Um, Claire. Uh, okay, so anyway, Sonic Extreme was, like, a 2.5D side-scroller, and, um, they were, like, this was actually being done back, uh, for the, um, what was the, what was the last Sega system called? Which one was that? Was that the Genesis? This is Dream, wait, the, the most recent one, Dream. Dreamcast, the one that came out with the N64 against it. Uh, actually, was that against... Dreamcast was against the GameCube, technically. Oh, it's a Saturn you're thinking of. Saturn. Saturn. Uh, yeah, this was this was for the Saturn, the, but it like they said they couldn't meet the deadlines during development, and it just got canceled, and also was bad. Um, it was <laughs> it was actually just a boss rush game. Weirdly enough, there wasn't any like running around. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the the salvage of that game became Sonic Jam, I think, which was like this ah. like, anniversary game, which I had, and it's it's so weird because. It was like the first 3D, like proper 3D Sonic game, if I remember correctly. And you wander around this like really cool looking open world and then it's suddenly all closed off and the whole point of the open world is for you to just go to different rooms and look at concept art. <laughs> it's right. so pointless. Um, hold on a second. I'm trying to remember what the name of this other thing was. But oh, also, here's a good one. Th this one probably doesn't need any uh, actual like... Um, de uh, like elaboration, but Next Level Games, who makes a lot of the Mario games, was making Super Mario Spikers, which was a volleyball game. <laughs> absolutely, right? Like, yeah, that's I that's mean, an easy absolutely. one. Are you kidding? Only, only if it's the art style of Strikers. Yeah. Oh, with the fucking angry Mario on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm I'm saving my favorite one for last, but uh, here's another good one though. Um. The Pirates of the Caribbean, Armada of the Damned. Yeah. Oh yeah. This would be oh, the yeah. world of uh, of uh, Jack Sparrow, of course. Um, you they would have cast like the the player character would be like a new character named James Sterling, who died on the job to be resurrected as either a legendary legendary or dread pirate. You can do like a good or evil path, and then you would like go onto an open world high seas adventure, and then. In 2010, Disney um, did a bunch of restructuring, and they laid off the entire development team, and the game was canceled. 
Um, uh, this was actually interestingly, uh, Assassin. The team at Ubisoft like said that they they knew about this game and like Assassin's Creed Black Flag was sort of building on like some of the bones of what that game was going to be. Um, but still, it would have been cool to have like a actual like I don't know like a licensed IP game because like I mean. Assassin's Creed Black Flag is literally just Pirates of the Caribbean. It's even in the Caribbean. I mean, <laughs> and your pirate talks like this and everything, right? Like, it's all yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could have been really fun, I think. Yeah, I think, good. I think I mean, they could have Yeah. The Pirates franchise isn't doing so well. Let's get it out there. Let's see if we can salvage something. <laughs> Revive it a bit. <laughs> so, um, this, is my, this is my most lamented one, um, which was... Uh, it was just called Sheik. Or, sorry, it was called The Sheik. Sorry. Uh, so this was a Zelda game being developed by Retro Studios, who did the Metroid Prime games. Um, Ooh. Yeah, this game was... Uh, it took place directly at the end of Ocarina of Time, in the timeline where Sheik survives. Or, well, I mean, as Zelda survives. And, like... Um, but in this timeline, Ganon, you know, destroys the world. And so... In this in this game, you would play as Sheik, um, Ze- you know Zelda in the wasteland, basically like having to traverse this horrifyingly dark and grotesque open world wasteland. Uh, this was in development in 2005, by the way. Um, oh my god! Yeah, and they worked on it. Retro worked on this for three years before it was canceled. Why was this canceled? This sounds amazing. Nintendo thought it was too dark. Hmm. That's shit that we've seen in Zelda already. Okay, Nintendo. Come on. Like the the moon was gonna crash into the earth and kill everything. Is that the, the is con- that light for you? Some the the concept art for it was like crazy. Like, hold on, I'm just gonna put this in here. Look at this look at this picture. Bruh, that looks so bloody good. Yeah, like look at this fucking whale guy over here. Hold on. Oh my god. Right. That looks really nice. Yeah, look at this. Look at this shit. I'm so mad. I'm like, I was extremely angry when I found out about this. Should have had this. Yeah. Um, this would have oh, been very Nintendo, good. Nintendo, what the hell? Nintendo, we're having a fallen out. We've been big fans, but do better. I mean, yeah. this out. Make it. Finish it, please. This was 12 years ago. I don't care. Find it. <laughs> it's gonna be somewhere. Somebody has it. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, so, so good. yeah, I know. I'm I'm sorry to add this end this on a sad note. Um, so let's uh, let's close out. So thank you actually to Todd Howard for this one. <laughs> Saved Arcane Studios. He did. I, I like to think <laughs> thank he you, Todd. personally called. Uh, I like I like to think that was him on the phone. Yeah, on the other end there. I think they were just being polite with the story. He actually just interrupted the dinner. He physically turned up and was <laughs> like, "Hey, we're, we're, we're buying you." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, okay, oh, we're bu- cool. we're buying you." Uh, it's it's gonna be uh here, here are your welcome packets, and each one of them does include a copy of Skyrim. Um, <laughs> also, Arcane must have been on his um, his Christmas list that year as a studio. Yeah, everybody for being a good boy. Everybody who works there gets a free copy of Skyrim, though. That's true. <laughs> That's not a joke. I do I do know a guy who works at uh, Bethesda. <laughs> um, oh my god. <laughs> no, he, well, you you get you get all Bethesda games for free if you work there. It's but it's it's funnier to say that you just get a free copy of Skyrim on your way in. <laughs> Um, okay, so, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's close out then, so thank you, and, yeah, uh, you can find us on GameLister.com, um, mention, uh, you know, we have, just want to mention we have, like, a YouTube channel, you can go find it, please, we have good videos there, I think, I hope so. 
Um, good, some of it's good. Um, you can find us on Twitter at uh, GameBustersPod, and I am at Gondizi, and you can find Re at Re underscore Bevan. Um, and uh, remember, if you happen to have an Apple device, we would really appreciate if you could like go on the iTunes store and give us a, a good rating and a review, and we'll give you a, a shout-out on the, on the show if that pops up. Um, okay, so Bree, do you want to plug anything while you're here? Are you working on something creative? Ooh, you know, I wish, uh, but I have school things, which doesn't you, allow for much of that. Are you finishing soon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my so, favorite question. Okay. Well, are, are you like, <laughs> you're on your second year, right, of school? I am. I yeah. am. So I probably have about three years left. Interesting. Um, are you, are you doing a PhD? Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, damn. <laughs> All right. I forgot. Um, Just dissertation things. Yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. Um, Re, how is your PhD going? Um, I'm too intelligent for them, so I thought uh, <laughs> I'll give I'll give my classmates a break from when I uh, did my um, my undergraduate. Uh, give them a break from my sheer brain genius, um, and then I'll go back to it a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wish i just i want to avoid more student debt it's scary hey, i'm gonna i'm gonna go back one day i'm going back one day i want to i want to do a master when i'm rich thing. i'm going right back in there <laughs> <laughs> no i would i would absolutely love to do a master's but it that sounds very scary yeah it's it's not too bad i did one um it was a little scary but um a little bit yeah you get um, the wizard hat at the end. Get, yeah you took get a wizard hat um, oh my God. I don't know if you know that, Re. When you finish grad school in the U.S., they give you like a, a wizard hat kind of a thing. Are you pulling my leg right now? Is this is this? It's actually not really that much of a joke because like you do get like these wizard robes that they give you, which is a real yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had the robes as well, but like, so my graduation get... has been postponed by a year, and now we're gonna have it in August. Um, and they're like, oh, you can get the robes. Uh, you can rent them for forty pounds. So that's like what fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah. And you, you rent them for one day and then give them back. That's like cheaper than what we have here, honestly. What really? I'm pretty sure like graduation stuff costs more than that. Like I think we, I think I had to buy my graduation robes. See, cause... I wouldn't mind buying them, but it's about I had to rent them for sixty dollars. Um, yeah. And then it's like it's like I think forty dollars to get in. Good. Oh Jesus. All right. Well, don't graduate over there is our lesson yeah. today. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, let's see. Let's go ahead and, and uh, give our last word for the, the winner. Who brought – was it Bree? Did you bring Sonic with you? No, that was Bree. That was Bree. Okay. Say <laughs> Bree. Um, <laughs> so similar. I hate – Sonic. Ugh. Okay. Um, could you, I don't know, say some sort of – some sort of spell or incantation to break us out of this uh, this eternal space station. Just something that Sonic would say. It just like, you know, in your best impression. Oh god, what does Sonic say? I think he says, like, must move quickly. I think that's one of the things. <laughs> must move quickly. <laughs> <sighs> Alright. Brilliant. We're not, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let that be the end of it, but only because I know it's not gonna get any better. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I only played 2D Sonic games, um, and oh. I never actually watched the movie. Some kind of elitist over here. I am. I prefer the originals. You Oh, so you prefer the good Sonic games? Fuck you. <laughs> 
Real fans hate all of the games. <laughs> You're right. That's true. Okay, see you guys. Thanks. Hey, that was, that was smooth. No, I didn't ask you to do the friends clap.